Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. The Belly Up Sports NFL Draft coverage starts now with over 50 different guests over the first three rounds hosted by Dan Mater. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Belly Up Sports' NFL Draft coverage. And Chris Howard, co-host of the MD's Fantasy Football Show and Belly Up Fantasy Live. Let's go to the pick here. Terrace Marshall finally off the board. All the NFL fantasy football and pick betting analysis you could ever need through this draft coverage. So the Detroit Lions are the ones on the clock. They're going to make their pick soon, but the Giants, I'm getting where just traded with the Miami Dolphins from 40. It's time for your coverage to start now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back in, everybody. You're watching the Belly Up Sports' MD's Fantasy Football Show NFL draft coverage going all night long, and we have officially kicked off the draft. I have these fine gentlemen here joining us for the first five picks to kick this thing off. We got Peter Van Spencer, our betting expert. He was on our show, the MD's Fantasy Football Show, on Fridays during the season. He'll be back again this upcoming week. We also have Parker Ainsworth. Parker does a lot of things, okay? He's part of a lot of shows, but the FN Sports Show is one of the best around. And we have Adam LaRue, fantasy sports guy, BFL football, does a lot of things for us too. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on. How are you all doing tonight? Doing all right, doing all right. It's a fun <laughs> night, Dan. Yeah, no, no complaints on my end, you know. No better place to be other than in Las Vegas watching all the gambling and all these players being picked, so can't complain. Yeah, I'm excited for some uh, for some fresh NFL content. We love it, getting some NFL, dose of NFL here in the spring. 
<laughs> the NFL in the spring is well. First of all, I don't know if you guys are in the Northeast. It's not springtime here, but I will take <laughs> the NFL in any capacity that it might be in. I'm your host Dan Mater. I'm joined here with Chris Dathauer, who will also be with me for the entire night. So, guys, Jacksonville will be on the clock momentarily. Heading into this draft, one of the big narratives is that we have several teams that have two first-round picks, and as a result of that, there could be a lot of movement depending upon where guys want to move up to get their guy, maybe even want to move back even more. But I have a list here of teams that I have marked down that I think are the most likely to either move up or move down, and I want you guys to tell me whether or not I'm wrong. So first and foremost, I have the Falcons. I think they are definitely going to move down. Parker, what do you think about that? Do you think they move down, and what are they trying to move down for? I think they try and move down with like someone like the Chiefs as a couple couple of picks kind of around the same area and then get a lot more value there, I think, because they need so many things, right? And the Chiefs need so many less things, but they need someone to come and play right away. Um, and so I could see them trading back. The Chiefs have a couple picks in the first round. Um, that would be my first guess, but um, you know, that's just off the top of my head. Well, in that scenario, if you have the Chiefs moving up to the eighth pick, is that because that's a wide receiver they really, really love or what? Well, yeah, I feel like there's like three consensus top whatever order you want to make them kind of guys. Um, I feel like if Kansas City sees one or two go, then they'd be like, oh, man, are we going to we, can we make this move to get one of them? And the question is, they move up to eighth to get one of them because one or two is off the board. Are they comfortable waiting to more like trading up to 12th or 15th? But I, I feel like Kansas City would move those those picks in a package for a lot of different guys uh, for any of the three. And then whatever they feel like that guy is going to be gone. Uh, they, they need to win right away. I mean, that's the way that is. I, I tend to agree. Now, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Even when our quarterbacks suck, that's all we have to talk about when we head into the first round. So, Adam, I'm going to dish this to you. The two teams that I have possibly moving up would be the Saints and the Steelers. Now, I think the Saints would be crazy because they have Jameis Winston, but that has been the narrative. Do the Saints or the Steelers move up for a quarterback? Um. I think what it has to be following uh, Carolina it, or to jump Carolina. It's one or the other. Uh, I don't know that Pittsburgh has the capital to go past or to really have the luxury to go past Carolina. And I don't see the need for New Orleans to do so because, to me, uh, I think that they're a, a better situation for any of these quarterbacks. Even Desmond Ritter, who I'm not per- uh, necessarily high on, I think he fits New Orleans very well. Uh, so for me, I don't see why New Orleans would trade up, even if they do end up getting one regardless. I don't think that they necessarily need to go up to get one. And Pittsburgh, uh, I mean, I could see them jumping up to get a Willis at five, but really that's about it. And I, I just don't see it for either of them. Chris, I'm going to kick this one over to you real quick. I had the Patriots dropping down, but I also, more interestingly, had the Panthers dropping down. I feel like the Panthers at six – they're in a no-win situation right now. People were like, well, they got to take a quarterback, but they need so many other things. If they take a quarterback at six, at six they're going to be completely reaching. If they're able to trade down, maybe that would be a better situation. What do you think the Panthers do? I think the Panthers want to trade down if one of those top offensive linemen are off the board. I think if they're sitting there and they don't have an option for Akua or Neal or even possibly Cross, if those three guys are off the board, I think that's when you're going to see Carolina scrambling to try to get back as you know quickly as possible in a sense because that's their most obvious need. And that's the thing that they've kind of been you know leaking out that they're looking at hardcore with those top tackles. 
If they don't get one of those guys, I don't think the quarterback's necessarily something they want to take that high either. So I think they would kind of look to move it back. Um, and I don't, I don't know who's actually going to have the draft capital, kind of Adam's point. When you look at different teams, even the Chiefs don't really have the draft capital to jump up all the nine. Um, you know, rarely do two you know, late 30 picks or, you know, I guess 29 and 30 get you in the top 10. Um, and I also think you look at the Saints and the Chiefs as teams that have salary cap issues. I don't see these teams kind of, you know, wasting their picks in a sense, especially the Saints where they, they gave away some of their picks like next year to kind of have this pick this year to, to kind of just move up and throw their money at some a quarterback when they just paid James Winston as well. So I think the, a lot of these situations, you know, people are kind of looking for moves to happen, but I think both those teams really have, you know, the salary cap issues that they have, want to keep the money that they have and kind of get two players for the you know price of one in a sense. So I, I would be kind of surprised if they would make those moves. The team I right. offer is going to say Seattle that could jump up is a team that, you know, kind of lurking, has has the draft capital with the Russell, Russell Wilson trade and could need a quarterback. Seattle's a team that could be on the move up or down. There has been a lot of talk about either direction, depending upon what they exactly want to do. Part of this coverage is that we want to win people money, and that's where I want to go to Pete with. Pete, coming into this draft, so what were some of your favorite bets? So, first off, Dan, the number 74. It's been 74 days since you've been able to gamble on the NFL again, so I am very <laughs> excited. First off, the first overall pick, those odds, those, those have changed drastically, and I don't know what to think of this. I saw a tweet that Adam Schefter said today that said, like, they think this is the craziest draft of all time, very unpredictable. I think that if I had to go number one, obviously the odds say that it should be Walker, but I would take Hutchinson plus 400 just with the value. I don't think that you can really guarantee the Jags are going to take Walker. They've honestly made some crazy picks in the past, whether it be big Blake Bortles, Trevor Etienne, Tyson Alualu. I think the Jags are a wild card. I think that Hutchinson makes the most sense. I heard that the owner really wants Hutchinson, but the GM really wants Walker. We'll see if the owner kind of just puts his foot down and says, no, we're taking Hutchinson. And I think that, I don't know how you don't take Hutchinson. It's Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa 2.0. It's a lock of a pick in my mind. I think you just got to do it. And plus 400 is great value with that. Well, speaking of, in case you guys didn't see the graphic, the Jacksonville Jaguars are officially on the clock after Roger Goodell brought up Ice Cube to the stage and had Derek Carr up on the stage and finally were able to kick off this draft. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Pete, I'm with you. Nothing makes more sense to me than the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Aiden Hutchinson. I think, I, I really think because they just extended Cam Robinson, they're not going to take an offensive lineman. I really don't yeah. see that happening. Trayvon Walker makes absolutely no sense, which is why that could be the pick <laughs> because it's Jacksonville and it makes absolutely no sense. But Aiden, if you want Josh Allen, who just picked up his fifth-year option earlier today to work the way you want him to, he's already that purebred pass rusher. What you need on the other side is to be able to anchor down your defensive line and make it more all-around, which is what Hutchison brings to the table. You put in a Trayvon Walker on the other side of Josh Allen in a division where you have to go against Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor twice a year, it absolutely makes no sense because teams are going to run all over you all day Every day. What do you think, Parker? Yeah, I don't think this has to be that complicated. I mean, we, we gave out awards for things like best players in college football and Heisman, so that he came in second. The guy that came in first isn't, isn't eligible for the draft this year, right? Uh, he was all the defensive player of the year type of things. He's been top of the – until, like, very recently, he was consensus number one across the board. And, frankly, like, before that, it was Tibbs. I, I, I don't know why this is why this is more complicated than it is. He had a great year. He's going to be a long-term, I mean, barring injury, knock on wood, you know, he's a long-term pro. 
he's built to anchor a defensive line. Like you can build the rest of your front seven around him. I don't think it has to be more complicated than that. Chris, put your GM cap on me for a second. Throw the fact out that it's Trent Balky and Doug Peterson and we hate their player personnel choices. Throw that out for a minute. You're the GM of Jacksonville. What do you do? I'm taking Evan Neal. It's not even a, not even a question for me. I, I I think Robinson's already shown you he's not the answer. And even they paid him all that money. You have the other side. You have Taylor on the other side who can definitely be moved. I think Robinson's better served to play right tackle as it is. And Evan Neal to me is clearly the best sport, you know, player in this draft. I think you, you have a 350 pound guy who can anchor your your team for the next 12 to 15 years, be a Pro Bowler, three, you know, a guy that's already shown it in the SEC, able to stop you know top tier pass rushers. What else could you want? Uh, to me, this is a guy that's, you know, Jonathan Ogden, um, just different tackles you can go through all the time, you know, throughout history to see these guys are just dominant. Uh, Tariq Glenn, you know, from Adams kind of Colts team. Those kinds of players don't come around very often, and when I think we have a chance to get one of them, you definitely do. It served really well for Doug Pearson in the Philadelphia to have those good tackles. I see no reason to, you know, kind of gamble on average tackles at best with Cam Robinson and Taylor. So for me, it's no-brainer. It's Evan Neal. Dynasty owners right now, they're trying to figure out what do you do with Trevor Lawrence? What's with Travis Etienne? What's their fantasy value moving forward? And how does it get better? Because it didn't look great last year. So, Adam, what do you want Jacksonville to do? Do you want these guys to get better? Or do you think people should just be trading away Trevor Lawrence? They'll be trading away Travis Etienne and getting out while they still might be able to get some value for him. Or do you think they can turn this around depending upon this pick? I, I think depending on how the trajectory of uh, Jacksonville goes, um, I absolutely think that Trevor Lawrence can turn this one around. I think he was, um, you know, a little bit, a tad bit, a wee bit overhyped coming in. That being said, he was still the QB1. I think he is a very talented quarterback. I think he does have all of the capabilities to be a franchise quarterback in this league. Um, now, Travis Etienne is a completely different question. He was drafted because they couldn't get Kadarius Stoney. <laughs> That's what we're working with here. Um uh, Travis Etienne, I think, is going to be in a difficult situation. Um, you know, he's coming off of a severe injury. James Robinson is coming off of a severe injury. Despite James Robinson's injury occurring way later, somehow, it seems, reports coming out of the building seem to suggest that they're going to come back in a similar time frame. And if that is the case, I would put all of the money on James Robinson being the one that gets the majority of the touches. I, everything has shown me he is the better back. He was the first year. They should have never drafted a running back in the first. He was last year a very good back in an awful situation. He was a very good back. If the situation improves, he'll be even better. If it doesn't, we know he'll still be good. In PPR leagues, ETN might still hold value, but ETN is going pretty decently high in, in startup, re, uh, startup dynasty drafts right now. I would sell. Absolutely. <laughs> It's a hot take, out of Adam. He just spat in the faces of all the fantasy industry because everybody else wants Travis Etienne to come. But you know what? Depending upon his health, that is, I tend to agree. I tend to agree that James Robinson is the more complete back, and the big reason they wanted Travis Etienne was because of Urban Meyer, who's gone now. Will Doug Peterson want the same thing? A lot of that's up for a question mark. Uh, guys, I'm getting word now, though, that the pick is in. And I'll tell you what it is when they actually announce it because they're taking their time with it for some reason. But the pick is in at the moment. Uh, going back to Pete. So, Pete, when we do this live betting, they usually go like a few picks ahead of time. So now this pick is going to be in. They're now going to give you number five draft pick 
right now. Charles Cross leading the way at plus 125. Evan Neal at plus 200. Ahmad Gardner at plus 800. Any of those players you like there real quick? I mean, just as Chris talked about earlier, I think that you had to take Neal. Honestly, I completely agree with what Chris is saying with Neal would be the right pick first overall. I think given what the Jaguars did, though, giving Cam Robinson that extension, and I believe they got the player from Washington this summer, Brandon Schreff. So that's why I don't think Neal might fit there. I think Neal makes a lot of sense at five. I think the Giants are a crapshoot. I think that they probably go offensive linemen, and I wouldn't be shocked if they just get a receiver at seven, too. Get a nice one-two punch because that – I honestly don't think Brian Gable trusts that offense for a second. I think he wants his own system guys in there. I don't think he really has anything to do – I don't. he doesn't owe anything to Kenny Galladay, the Sterling Shepherds, the Tonys of the world. I think he might just take Garrett Wilson at seven, and I think he gets Evan Neal at five, and they have a slam dunk of a draft. You guys ready to make fun of Jacksonville? Trayvon Walker <laughs> is the pick. <laughs> They did it. Jacksonville stayed true to being Jacksonville and made the dumbest pick that they possibly could to pair up with Josh Allen. And to that, I say this. <laughs> Parker, fire away. I, I, there's a reason they've got one winning season in the last 15 years or whatever it is, right? It's not quite 15. but And it's the one year that they just like – randomly lucked into having the tremendous defense and then traded guys like Jalen Ramsey away. Like, like that's, that's why they are who they are. Um, I will say on the whole Walker is going to be a good football player and there, and it would be a, in the right place in the right time. And frankly, just a few more picks later would have been a great pick. He's just not the number one pick in this draft. Yeah. I want to be clear about something here. It's not lost on me. The athletic upside that Trayvon Walker in fact does have in the fact that he can make an impact on a defense in a couple of different ways. But it's the fact that he's probably the most boom or bust prospect in this top tier of the draft when you're comparing him to a Hutchinson, to a Johnson, to really any of the defensive ends up here. Even Thibodeau, to that matter. I have Thibodeau ahead of him because his technique needs a lot of work. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't really remember the last time Jacksonville did a good job developing players. And that goes back to even Doug Peterson on the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Chris, your reaction. You thought Jacksonville might shock us. They did not. So what do you think? Well, first of all, it seems like Trent Bulky still has, you know, his fingertips in controlling this this team, unfortunately. They tried to get rid of him, but he, you know, as they point you guys pointed out, there's a reason Jacksonville continues to stink year in, year out. This is a great reason. Kalon Trey I'm sorry, Kalon Traceon Chase on last year was the 20th pick in the first round they took. I don't see how you're going to kind of fill Walker's role where you talk about Josh and you know Allen being a similar player. They have two similar players now that kind of are gonna be sharing time. They're just wasting your draft capital. I don't know what Jacksonville's doing. You know, wasted the Travis, Travis Etienne, Jack Keppel last year to chase on the year before. This team just seems to me not get it. Trent Bulky needs to get a new job. And Doug Peterson, you have learned nothing. Detroit wasted absolutely no time at all and took Aiden Hutchinson, the smart pick that they could have possibly done right there. So, Pete, we'll get it gets you. What do you think? Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson, what's your reaction? I mean, that's <clears throat> the city of Detroit deserves this. I mean, this is the best thing that could happen to Detroit. Like, that is so cool that he was at Michigan, grew up there, and he's gonna be in Detroit. I think that he fits Dan Campbell's like just raw, raw personality going for kneecaps. He's they can build around that. They have a lot of draft picks. I believe they also have more draft pick capital because of the Matt Stafford trade. Like, they have the 32nd pick. I think this was a no-brainer. They just got the best player in the draft, 
And you know what they did that I really love? They didn't tank last year. They didn't tank to get this pick. They continued to go hard throughout the season. And they ended up with arguably, in my mind, the best player in the draft. And no disrespect to Walker. He's probably a great player, great kid. I just don't think it's the right pick for them. So it was interesting. We got Detroit. They they did they went Penny Soul last year. Now they're going to the defensive line. They are trying to build this team inside out, which is what you need to do when you have to build up an entirely new foundation. So Adam, what do you think about Aiden Hutchinson going to the Detroit? What does that mean for them going forward? And what do you think they do now with their 32nd pick later on this first round? Well, I think they continue to do what they've been doing, which is to build through the trenches, you know. Uh, I, I think this is a actually a smart Lions organization, which feels so weird to say, but they are doing the right thing and that they are building their foundational pieces through the draft and they are filling the needs that they have to just fill out the roster in free agency. They did what they had to do to get an adequate receiver core in free agency. They don't need to get a receiver. Now, if they get incredible value at 32 for one, would that, may they pounce on it? Sure. But I, I think that they could continue to, you know, play best pick available. And if if that's someone in the trenches, either on the defensive or offensive line, I think that they'll absolutely go in that direction. Now they have a, a great power rusher. Now they have great tackles. They have a great center. Um, if they continue to build at a guard, or on the interior of the defensive line, I, I think that that's somewhere that they would go. If not linebacker, just step, take another step back a level. But I, I do think they're going to continue to build inside out, kind of to your uh, point. Parker, the Houston Saxons are on the clock. This is like the deuces of wild cards that you could possibly have coming into this draft to begin with. What do you think? If you, you know, I don't even want to know what you think. If you're Houston, what do you do? <laughs> How many guys can you draft with one draft pick? I, I think that the real trick, I, it's where the chaos starts, right? Like, it's where all the unknowns happen. They can go a number of different directions. I've thought they're going to lean defense this whole time because there's value in offense later. And I really think that as far as Houston goes, they just need guys that can play pro snaps. They're a glorified minor league team in a lot of ways um, lately. I, I do think that they want to try to Davis Mills things out, so I think that they'll eventually go lineman. But for this pick, I imagine they go defense corner i'm a sauce guy i know some people are stingley's guys uh, as far as houston sports twitter goes i i think i'm with sauce here at, at the three pick though uh, Pete, uh, let's go to you real quick so now this pick is off the board so now they're taking bets for the six pick right now charles crossley in the way at plus 200 ikawanu at plus 300 evan neal at plus 300 it looks like we're going offensive tackle with the six pick any of those values or anything else in there that you might like instead um, I guess value-wise, I kind of... That's I Carolina, like, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I like Cross there, I guess, because as I said, I like Neil going fifth. So I don't think Neil falls to them. I guess Cross makes sense. But as you said earlier, I think they kind of... I think they trade down. I think Carolina realizes that there, there are a lot of wide receivers on the board. And for, they are a team with a bunch of problems. But wide receiver is not one of their many problems. There are a bunch of teams with draft capital that can trade up. I think the Panthers should trade down. If you want to take a shot, maybe take a receiver value-wise in the sixth pick. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't feel I don't feel don't feel very comfortable with this sixth overall pick with the Panthers. Well, no, and that's why I posed the question to Chris earlier because like they're another one. They're kind of like Houston. There's a lot of different directions that they could wind up heading in, and they need a lot of different things. And they're also in a situation where I don't think their head coach and Matt Roll is going to be around after 2022. So how are you building out your team moving forward from there? But let's get back to Houston, Chris. 
Lovey Smith's the head coach. What do you, how do you think that affects what they want to do? I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you build in, in Lovey Smith. I know he wants you know cover two defenses. What he's known for. I talked about a pass rusher earlier. Um, I think this team clearly has a huge hole in the offensive line all along it. So I can't see them passing on offensive linemen. But I think that when you look at this team, a Lovey Smith team, you usually have a team that's going to have you know, an edge rusher probably, a decent safety. Um, the corner, I think, would make some sense. I love Gardner, too, but I don't think he's going to go. I don't think he fits his system, per se, where I think they might not necessarily think they need to take a corner that high. Um, you know, Chicago never did really back in the day when Lovey was there in order to Tampa Bay. So I think they, they kind of think they could find value in the guys that could fit his role, you know, his, his scheme, so to speak. So I would really be surprised if they don't go off the line in this situation. Um, but I think the top of a vanilla pick, if you know, Lovey Smith and his his image, so to speak. Dan Campbell talked about, you know, pick Hutchinson. I think that's a great image for he kind of fits that team. I think you're looking for a vanilla guy, you're looking for like some kind of board off the lineman, probably, or somebody who's just kind of, uh, you know, Davis Mills is going to be your quarterback next year. So that's all I have to say. I mean, I don't think it really matters what they do. Right now. <laughs> well, so, as I was going to say, this is probably the first team that actually has a legitimate case to do they want to take a quarterback or not. And I think Davis Mills is just as good as these guys are. And that's how sad this quarterback class. Well, I'm going to say, as an ex-Bears fan, we went through Rex Grossman for many, many years. Levy Smith is never in a hurry to get rid of a, a good quarterback. So <laughs> don't worry about it. All right. Yeah, well, I think we have our first surprise of the draft here. Derek Stingley Jr. is off the board. They decided to go with corner. One of the best pure coverage corners of this draft class. So Lovey Smith getting back to his roots, wants to attack that cover too. Uh, look, I like Derek Stingley a lot, but here's my immediate reaction to this pick. I don't know what difference a pure cover corner makes when there's nobody else to do anything to put any time clock on the opposing quarterback whatsoever. Oh, and by the way, you can just go to the other side of Houston because it's wide open. Oh, and you can still run the ball on Houston. So this is why I talk about this all the time. These top picks, if there's not a quarterback that you want to change your team, you got to build from the trenches inside out. I love Derek Stingley, but I don't think he helps this team. Uh, am I wrong? Anybody? Go ahead. No, and I think that somebody else can comment. I think Gardner, if you're in a corner, Gardner's definitely the clear back corner in his draft. I love Stingley as well, but there's no way you take him three. Yeah. yeah. You can go, Parker. I was just say I think the deal that you're thinking with Houston, they got what is it, 15, 13? Uh, I, I think that they're hoping that there'll be a decent tackle there. Uh, whether or not that's the case, I guess you know that would make them Houston if that was not the case. Um, I, I just I feel like at the end of the day, that's the goal there. Whereas now, if you can get a top tier corner, and, and I thought they would take a defensive player, I was just wrong on which of the corners it was. I I understand the idea of like getting a young corner right now. Because like it'll be less likely that you get that corner later, where you might get a good offensive lineman later because of how many there are. Well, I'll say this, and I, I, it made sense to me. Thirteen, a lot of mocks at thirteen had them taking Kyle Hamilton, and you know what? I don't think this pick deters them from doing that. It would not shock me because it's Lovey Smith that we're talking about. He would take two defensive backs in the first round. It'd be really interesting to see where Kyle Hamilton wilds up because that that is one of my guys that I think as a safety. He could actually change the defense. And if you're going to take Kyle Hamilton, I would have rathered him over Stingley in this instance because he affects more levels of the field. But look, Derek Stingley, I'm not I'm not trying to crap on this kid. He is, like I said, I think he's the best pure coverage corner in this draft class. He will offer your the ability to take away half the field here for them. I just don't know how much it matters for a team like Houston. 
What do you think, Adam? Sorry. Uh, go for it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was say, I think, I and mean, you can comment this. You, you, your Colts play cover two defense. I think Stingley is not a cover two corner, so I just think it's a, a bad fit for him as well. He's not a tackler, so I don't know how this is going to kind of hold up for him and how he kind of gets to show his shine of being that shutdown man corner that he is because he he travels. And if he's not going to travel, I don't understand why he's taking this high. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> first and foremost, I agree with that point. Um, th- this just doesn't really seem like a good. It doesn't seem like a great fit. Um, yeah, I mean, Stingley is a great player. Uh, he's going to be tough to go up against looking at him from the other side. But uh, with the rest of this defense around him, I just don't know that. It, and again, to Dan, your point, I don't know how much it matters. And we'll see what happens at 13. I just don't. This isn't something that can change a, a defense entirely, at least from my point of view. Yeah, I was going to say quickly, Dan, just first off, I think sauce goes now. But quickly, for the 13th pick, you were talking about going in the trenches and third overall, how they need to build around the trenches. Do you maybe think that they would hypothetically think if Sauce goes right now at four, Thibodeau, he might fall like to the late like nine, eight range. Do you think there's a possibility maybe Houston says, hey, we can just get the cornerback now at three. We got a lot of capital from the Deshaun Watson trade. Let's just try to move into that eighth spot or something. Let's see if we can just get both of them. Both those guys should have been top five picks by a lot of mocks. I think it might work out for Houston. I mean, I know looking at it right now, it might not make sense, but what if there's a possibility? We talk about teams trading down. Thibodeau probably, do you think he's going to get picked by the Giants? Because I think they're going to go offensive line. I don't know what the Panthers will do at six. I don't think anyone does. I think who's at seven, the Giants again. Maybe they go there, but I think they go receiver. I think Thibodeau might fall, and you can just jump right in there. I, I don't know. Well, well, to answer your initial question, and we'll, we'll talk about the seventh pick because that's what the bets are now up to. Uh, you're forgetting one thing. Nick Casserly is the GM of this team, and he's a Patriots guy. They're not trading up. I'm going to tell you that right now. They are not going to, especially since they're rebuilding anyway to begin with. If anything, they'll trade back. They ain't trading up. So I don't think that's their thought process at all. But let's talk about that bet right now because now the pick, sevens, the pick seven bets are up. Now that for now, until there's a trade made, is the Giants. Leading the way are the two defensive ends, Thibodeau and Johnson. Thibodeau plus 200, Johnson plus 300. But also tied with that is Evan Neal at plus 300. Ahmad Gardner, more of a long shot there at plus 600. So if you guys were want to place those bets, you're kind of looking at it this standpoint. Do the Giants take an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman at seven? A lot of that could be dictated by what they do with the pick five. Yeah. 100%. Pete, do you have a value pick for that? Yeah, I was going to say, I think so. I think Sauce goes four. I think five, we have, we talked about Neil. Six, we talked about Cost. So seventh overall, if Thibodeau's there, I guess you kind of have to take him. Like, he's that good of a value. But as I said, if I'm the Giants, I might want to trade down if someone would give me that ammo. But if he's there at seven, I think you got to take him. And as you said, build through the trenches. If you get arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft, and arguably the second-best defensive lineman in the draft. That's what people were talking about the whole time. I mean, Giants fans got to be happy with that. That's a slam. I mean, that's easy money. There, there's something to be said, though, about, like, in September, Thibodeau was the obvious number one overall pick in this draft. Obviously, things change. But, like, there's some of the just best player available at seven, too, right? Like, that's that's potentially a lot of talent like in the, to get in the later part of the top ten for all the other stuff that's gone on since September. Well, Pete hit the nail on the head. Gardner's off the board with the Jets, so they go corner. Robert Sala needs to get his defense moving in a typical direction. 
I honestly thought he would go defensive end. They do have another pick, though, so maybe they'll go defensive end with their next selection at 10 if they want to stay on the defensive side instead of going offense. That would actually make more sense to me. But they get Gardner. They get the top pick. I'm going to kick this to Chris because Chris actually compared Gardner to an ex-Jets cornerback earlier in our draft analysis. Yeah, you're right a lot of Darrell Revis. I think when you look at what he's kind of tape he has, you know, Dan and I kind of talked off air about kind of what he is as a corner. And it's a little hard when you watch me, like, this is guy really a shutdown guy. He's not as smooth as Stingley, per se. He doesn't have quite the same pips. But when you think about how he shadows guys, how he's able to mirror different coverages, and how he uses his body, you know, just tremendously, it's Revis. And I think you see so much of Revis Island possibility being recorded in the Jets right now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, there's a lot of talk about this you know, this pick coming. Um, the Gardner has got a really high, you know, huge you know, crush on in a sense. And I think when you look at the guys, to me, he's definitely clearly the best corner on this board. I think this guy's a true shutdown corner. And I think he's one of those guys who's willing to get physical as well, so he can play in any kind of, you know, coverage you're looking to play. Uh, I think this is an actual good pick by the Jets. Um, hopefully they don't screw up like they did last year's draft, but so far, so good. What do you think, Adam? Because you're formerly from Cincinnati. Yeah, no, I, I like Gardner a lot. And I, I think he fits where the league is going really, really well. And I say that. Uh, this is a guy who, granted, at Cincinnati against smaller receivers, but this is why, why I say where the league is going. Um, he had a lot of success in press, kind of to your point, Chris, about the physicality. And at 6'3", 190, a little thinner, one would think, okay, maybe less so at the NFL level. But the receivers coming in being these number one guys now are a lot on the smaller side. So I don't think that's going to be necessarily the same concern that it would have been, say, five, ten years ago. That, you know, you're 6'3", 190, a little lanky. Uh, can you be a press man corner? He absolutely can. Uh, and it's something he's shown a lot of uh, ability to do so, even against talent at the bigger schools like the Alabama game. Uh, so I, I definitely think Gardner's a good pick here. Uh, and Chris, uh, you know, we've loved the Jets' picks um, over the last two years, this has been the deployment that has been our our <laughs> gripes. That's when our coaching tree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, no, I'm not going to defend them at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I will say this for them: the corner for the Jets makes a lot more sense than it did for Houston because they do have some talent along that defensive line. You have Quinton Williams. You have some ba- basic fundamental blocks that you've been building over the last couple of years. I like Vera Tucker, who they took last year. I like Makai Becton. So they have some trench players already where I think you can take a corner. If you think he's just going to shut down the other team's number one guy, you need that, especially being in that division there with Buffalo. So I actually do like this pick quite a bit. Probably not the way I would have gone, but not a bad pick at the end of the day. All right, so now we I got to pick. Tyreek Hill's also there you got to yeah. pay attention to as well. So Tyreek Hill as well. Waddle. Well, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Which one are you going to going to take out? Hey, don't forget yeah. about Kendrick Bourne here. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots. No, they don't believe in talent anyway, at least not on the perimeter. Uh, Pete, we got well, – they got us up to pick 10. So that's what they got. That's what they're going with now, pick 10. Oh, that again, that's the Jets' second pick. So this goes hand in hand here. Now they pretty much have the Jet. They push all the wide receivers up to the top of the board as far as the favorites going. Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, and Drake London 
all at plus 250. I might add, before the draft started, I had Drake London as number one receiver taken off the board at plus 250. So I'm probably going to double down on that idea here in this situation myself. But what do you think? I like London. My question for you is, is this a little bit of the range where you're kind of sweating a little bit as a Niners guy, thinking, hey, maybe the Jets are thinking about Debo Samuel a little bit? I hope to God they are. I, I wouldn't be sweating. I hope they ship him off. Please give me the number 10 pick. This I don't want to pay this Debo. This might be where you get it then. I mean, I think I don't think the Jets would trade it, but like they clearly were interested in Tyreek Hill. They've definitely been interested in Debo Samuel. They have the young QB. Do they want to go with the rookie contract, which I think makes more and more sense. It's almost like people talk about the rookie QB contract. I think more and more we're going to start seeing the rookie receiver contract. You look at Jamar Chase. You look at Justin Jefferson. You look at just over the past three years, what? So Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, and Debo Samuel, it's all their, about to be their fourth year in the league, if I'm not mistaken. They're all trying to get big deals. I, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I think people are going to be – that's why I took the over on receivers, too. I think people are trying to get that capital on receivers and take advantage of it while they can. But yeah, I like so London. I think it's always come the second quarterback. No, like, look, look, as far as the Debo thing, it's not going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would have happened beforehand because now logistically it's pretty much impossible because when you trade Debo, you also have to have a contract extension pretty much in place for the other team before they would make that move because otherwise a team's not going to make that move. That's not going to happen tonight. So very slim to no chance that's going to wind up happening. But I think you're better served, kind of what you pointed out there, Pete, to take these wide receivers down the first round and get those fifth-year options because they're coming just as expensive as, as the quarterbacks. So Parker, you had your hand up. What do you want to say, man? I was just say there's a really cute video of Sauce Gardner at, like, age 13 or 14. Like, like a freshman in high school, like, saying he's going to be a New York Jet one day. <laughs> it was, it was, it it popped up that up. played out. Why would he dream that, though? Couldn't he have chosen, like, any, like... He was a, a kid... Teams. He had like a press pass was like in their locker room, oh, okay. and it's like I. Well, Pete, that's the same that. question you have to ask Jets fans in general. Why would you choose to be a Jets fan to begin with? Your mother or father just completely screwed you over. There's nothing. There's nothing else to debate about. Chris, the Giants still have not made their selection. They're probably on the phone trying to make some sort of trade. But let's say they stick right here. If you're the Giants, what do you do? I mean, my top five is still on the board, Evan Neal, but I guess there's a lot of, you know, maybe the rumors of the injuries or the injury concerns, I guess, maybe that's something to do with him this fall or drop. I think that this team clearly needs an offensive line upgrade. I know, you know, Gable doesn't necessarily always prioritize that. Um, kind of Peter kind of talked about earlier in the show about him kind of getting his weapons and his guys that he wants. But I think when we look at this Giants team, it's clear that they need guys to protect whoever that quarterback and whoever the receivers are going to be. That line was atrocious. And I think that they need to clearly take one of the better tackles on the, you know, in my opinion, in this draft that's still on the board. Well, they're definitely not going to make a trade. I'm getting where to pick is in. I don't know what it is just yet, but I'm pretty sure giant fans would rebel and totally tear the city apart. If they didn't take at least one offensive lineman with these top two picks, how bad it's been. Adam, if they do, what do you think it would affect Saquon's Barkley's value? If they finally had a decent offensive lineman for him to run behind. Yeah, I, I, exactly. That was my, my thinking is that they need to get an offensive lineman because they've already spent the money for Saquon Barkley. Those assets are gone. Uh, and if you Never mind. Anything, I'm going to cut you off there because that's not what they did. They went pass rusher. They went cave on Thibodeau. That's what the Giants decided to do. So, I'm not surprised. Look, they need, they need defensive line just as much as they need offensive line. So Adam says I cut you off. What's your reaction to Thibodeau here? 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not <laughs> where I was going with what I was saying, but this is a good pick nonetheless. Again, uh, Parker, to your point earlier, this is the guy that, you know, come the beginning of college football season, this was our number one overall pick. They get him at five. They get a, a great pass rusher here. Uh, and this is a team that needs talent, both sides of the ball, uh, build the inside out kind of as you were discussing. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a good fit for them. All right, Parker, give me your reaction as well. They've got to, I think, I think this really tells a lot more about their seventh pick. And I feel like that means they think of Neil and like Icky or somebody as fairly close enough to get Thibodeau here and then takes one of the others at seven. Um, and they might have thought Carolina was going to take Thibodeau. Uh, I, I still think they go offensive line at seven. They just must feel like they're relatively similar enough or know something about Evan, uh, Evan Neal that we don't know. Pete, is there any bets that you want people to know about before we say goodbye to you guys? Yeah, one bet I think I love as we were talking about receivers and taking receivers early. This isn't going to be an early pick, but I think George Pickens under 36 and a half. I think it was around plus 120-ish. I like that pick. I think he gets taken in the first round, whether it be by like a Green Bay or whether it be by a Kansas City. And another thing I just want to say briefly, sixth overall, I think that the Panthers are just, they're like the Lions last year. The offensive linemen fell to them, and they're, they're, probably, they're so happy right now. If they get Evan Neal right now, they're probably thrilled out of their mind. you got you got to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. You already paid him the contract. Don't take a QB. Just get the offensive linemen. Keep it simple, Steve. Let the people know where to follow you at and what you're working on. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Pete Van Sevender. Uh, right now, I'm really diving deep in the NBA playoffs. I'm a big Celtics fan, so we're very excited for the Bucks game one on Sunday. I'm going to the game, so I'm very excited. So, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have a piece out for after that game. I don't think it will be the same vibes as the Nets game one, but I think it will, it will be great. <laughs> Adam, how about you, man? Yeah, go ahead. Follow me at LaRue Adam. Uh, it's on the screen here if you're watching along. Um, I just released my pre-draft uh, dynasty uh, fantasy football rankings, uh, five deep at quarterback, five deep at running back, 15 deep at receiver, and then another five at tight end. Um, so go check that out. It's on my Twitter or at Belly Up Fantasy. Um, and we'll be extending that to 10 running backs come post-draft because obviously that position is very <laughs> landing spot dependent. But go check that out and we'll be updating it for the post-draft. And Parker, how about you? Yeah, so I do a lot of work with Billy at Basketball. So as Peter said, the playoffs are providing a lot of content there. So go check out all the fun stuff there. My Twitter is at Painsworth512, is on the screen. And then my podcast is FN Sports. comes out a few times a week. Uh, so check that out, too. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. We got more action. We're going to take a quick break. We got more guests coming in for the pick six through ten. So everybody stay here with the NFL draft coverage with Billy at Sports and the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Do you have trouble waking up in the morning? Well, not anymore, because Invader Coffee is here to make you look forward to that morning sunshine. Rated one of the best, smoothest tasting coffees on the market today. Originating out of Texas, this rare coffee product is able to reach new heights in quality from its air roasting process, creating coffee beans with the most robust and smooth flavor you will ever find. So make your mornings more enjoyable by going to invadercoffee.com and use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your next purchase. Again, that is promo code BELLYUP 
for 15% off of your Invader Coffee purchase today at InvaderCoffee.com. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back in, everybody, to the NFL Draft Coverage here with the Belly Sports' MD's Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, Dan Mater. We're going strong for the first five picks here. Chris Dahauer, you're here with me. I'm going to get to you in a second. But we got to welcome in our two new guests for these next five picks. We got Nick from Scoreboard Addicts, and we got Kendrick. Kendrick Lindsay, he runs the football department here at Belly Up Sports. So we got two great guests for the next few picks. Fellas, how you doing? Start with Nick. Uh, doing good. I'm really, um, I'm curious as to what the Giants are doing. I'm not sure what they're doing with their, uh, with their top pick. I would have gone tackle. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like them leaving everything up right now to Carolina to go ahead and have their pick of who's who, but hey, you know, the Giants are, I don't know, the Giants are going to Giant. Well, Nick, you're a Giants fan too, are you not? I'm a Jess fan. Jess fan. Okay. Well, see, no, no, it's, I want to ask you this question because we asked the question earlier. How is it you become a Jets fan when you live in America and you have free will to choose what you want to do? How did you come to that decision? <laughs> so uh, when I was a kid, uh, my, my family's a baseball family, so we're not really into football collectively. I'm into football. I like football. I played football in high school. But my family is a baseball family, as most Hispanic families probably are, baseball and boxing and whatnot. Um, my, uh, my best friend in junior high, he's a Jets fan. So that was my first real exposure to football was – uh, at being at my friend's house, and uh, he was a Jets fan, so that was the football that I watched. I actually learned about football playing Madden. Okay, all right. Well, that's 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 one way to do it, Chris. I didn't get a chance to get to you for your reaction for the Giants pick. So, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Um, you know, kind of to Kendrick's point, I think this is you could, you're kind of putting the ball in Carolina's hands. Uh, Thibodeau is a guy that not necessarily the top guy on my board, edge rusher. I like Johnson better, but I think that. You know, this team definitely has a whole the rush pass rush situation. We lost, you know, Carter this past offseason. Needed to get something out there. Um, but I definitely went to the lineman there. I think this is, you know, passing with Evan Eel was stupid, but I don't necessarily think that it was going to be something that they can, you know, they can still kind of make up for it, depending on what Carolina does. Yeah. Now, yeah, I was going to say, Kendrick, speaking to that, if you're Carolina, what are you doing here? A lot of people thought this could be the destination that takes the quarterback first, but really they need a bunch of things. So what do you think? Um, yeah, uh, I, if I'm going with them and uh, look, I, I like, I like, uh, Evan Neal as well. I do like him. My, I would go icky, I think would be where I would go with this pick. Um, I, my only concern with a guy like Neal is, and, and you can go ahead and Chris, you can let me know, you know what you feel about this. My only concern with a guy like Neal is when you're playing tackle in the NFL and the way that guys, you look like the Bosa's and you look like a guy like Hutchinson, you look like a guy like Miles Garrett, they're getting faster. And I guess my concern is when, when Neil gets his hands on you, I don't think you necessarily get past him, but his feet, I think it's a quickness thing. He's a really big dude. And I think it's more of a quickness thing for me. I don't know. I feel like he would maybe struggle with some of the quicker defensive ends. I don't really see that with a guy like Iggy. And so if I'm Carolina, I would go there. No, I definitely understand what you're saying. My thing with Icky though is he's his biggest knock is can he pass protect? He's definitely a road grinder. I think that he hasn't really shown you he's a great pass protector. While Neil has in the SEC, talk about the different guys, you know, the speed guys and different rushers that are available. The SEC does a pretty good job of pumping out a lot of those edge rushers that you know want to be drafted. And they have Neil been one of the top tiers of the guys against that. I think mm. he's better than Orlando Brown Jr. is. 
Orlando Brown Jr. had kind of that knock against him as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. the teams definitely still were happy with and tried to definitely trade for that guy. But Neil, to me, is a guy that's even you know, more um, – has better technique than Brown did, and he has more of a – he uses his body better. I think this guy looks – to me, Ron, Jonathan Ogden, uh, Trick Glenn. So I think that while you talk about the guys getting faster, I think he's kind of already shown you with his you know, path protection over the last three or four years in Alabama that he could handle that. I do want to remind everybody real quick in case you're one of the fans of the teams that didn't pick who you wanted. It's okay because you can still get a great giveaway, get a great gift from us on behalf of Pristine Auction. All you got to do is go on Twitter, follow Belly Up Sports, at Belly Up Sports, retweet. It'll be right there. It's pinned to the top there, so you won't be able to miss it. Register on Pristine Auction. Use the promo code BELLY at sign up. We'll be selecting a winner at 8 p.m. on Monday may 2nd so something to just you know kind of keep in mind we'll, we'll lift your spirits up in case your team didn't get to do much uh while we're waiting for this pick to officially come in actually i have to take that back this pick did officially come in well there you go the guy that everyone thought might go number one is now off the board with the carolina panthers so kendrick this is what you wanted to see I want to get Nick's reaction, though. Was this something you would have rather seen the Giants or the Jets take? I think uh, I think I would have rather the Giants take. I definitely didn't want the Jets to take a tackle again. Uh, taking three offensive linemen out of your last five picks definitely is not uh, a way to build a winner, especially when two of them play the same position. Uh, if they would have taken a Quano, then they basically admitted that the entire 2020 draft was a waste of everybody's time and energy. And uh, apparently Joe Douglas didn't know what he was doing that year, which makes me start questioning whether or not he knows what he's doing this year. So I'm glad the Jets didn't take a tackle uh, and they still have some faith in Makai Becton, who was a, a former first round pick himself, and George Font, who is a uh, top 10 tackle in the NFL as of last season. Uh, the Giants, on the other hand, I would have liked to see them either take Neal or Aquanu. It looks like they'll have the opportunity to, to take Neal. Uh, I did like Neal a little bit better than Aquanu simply because he's starting to move into that fashion of being a very – he's kind of lean. I, if you guys have seen him in the gym, I've never seen a tackle that's that lean. He looks like a lot of muscle. He's not a very big man, uh, and that may be a bit of a, um, a liability in the run game, but this is a passing league, and nobody cares about your running back anymore. Nobody's even thinking about drafting running backs in the first round unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, I wouldn't call them the marquee – uh, team in the league so uh i think you know they picked Kayvon thibodeau that's i, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say that he wasn't you know at least a top seven pick uh maybe not for them because they have more glaring needs but this is an offensive driven league thibodeau is going to put pressure on the quarterback uh but uh i guess the big question is how they're going to keep either uh, daniel jones or uh i'm sorry the backup escapes me right now um uh how they're going to keep them upright and uh, I guess they should answer that with the next pick. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see exactly what happens. Do they just stay in the trenches? That they they did want to trade back quite a bit, but we haven't seen any trades, have we, Kendrick? And is that surprising to you? Uh, I'm not surprised yet. Um, I'm not surprised yet for trading back. I if there's any team I'm expecting to see trade back, I'm honestly expecting it to be Seattle because it's Seattle's MO. Um and of course, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you're loving uh the chaos that's been ensuing in Seattle right now uh with everything oh, absolutely. But yeah, we're also getting shipped out. I'm sure you love this. I, I know you do. Um this is painful for me. Uh so I, I'm expecting them to probably trade back. 
uh, that would be my my bet if I could put money on it. I would, um, but I'm not surprised yet. I think Atlanta is going to be the one I have my bet on as far as who I think is going to be trading first. Because um, I don't think the Giants are going to get somebody to move up here to take somebody fr- off their hands. I do think they're going to make their pick here in a few moments. Uh, Chris, going back to Carolina's pick real quick, does this help Christian McCaffrey? I mean, I know the big issue for McCaffrey is just staying healthy. But at least when you look at this move, you think, okay, if you're out there on the field, you might even have more room to run. I mean, yes, in theory it does. I think that, you know, having a guy that, like Road Grinder, like the cool is, the guy is definitely physical, is able to kind of generate, definitely push it in the line. Christian McCaffrey can, you know, utilize anything he can kind of get in front of him. Um, I think that you looked off the line the last couple of years in front of him. It's been, you know, horrendous at best. He's been very effective with that. So I think this, you know, could be even more effective in a sense. But the, his game's kind of built on him, kind of his quickness and his speed. So I don't know if Aku is going to be the game changer. I think one of the biggest things that they showed last year is that they can't pass protect. The team falls apart, regardless of what Christian McCaffrey's out there or not. Um, so I do have some concerns that they're kind of, you know, I'm not surprised it took Akua because I, I said Emil would be the best pick I thought there. But I think Akua is the guy that kind of fits what they, you know, their their MO in a sense. Um, a team that's Matt Rule wants to be the run oriented team, wants to be a, a, a team that's physical. But I don't think that Carolina's really built, building their team the best to kind of be successful. I think you think Matt Rule and you and I both kind of agree with us off the show that Matt Rule's, you know, days are numbered. I think this isn't going to necessarily help them. Uh, or Christian McCaffrey that much to see either part. You know, see Chris, you can pick up where you left off. Evan Neal off the board. He goes to the Giants. And before you actually say anything, I want to give props. <laughs> the first time I'm able to hit that button all night because I haven't been a pick that's blown me away yet. And now the Giants get Neal, who was the number one guy off of my board overall. I had him ahead of Hutchinson. I had him ahead of everybody. I'm glad to finally see him go, and this was exactly the pick the Giants needed to make. They addressed both the offensive line and the defensive line. My hat's off to them, but go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I, I think this is, I mean, the Giants did something smart. It's really hard for me to kind of say that out loud, but they absolutely did. I think they basically, the league handed them an all-pro tackle for it's going to be a starting Pro Bowl for the next 10 to 12 years. It's something that, you know, definitely solidify the team, help Saquon, help Daniel Jones, whoever the quarterback winds up being, but definitely a, a great building piece. And helps Brian Dable kind of establish his offense. He's got to love to throw the ball over the place. So they have a guy that can actually pass protect to help with that. So this is a great pick by the Giants. Does this, well, I got you here. Does this put Saquon on your radar in a first or second round come redraft time? Um, second round, yes. First round, still not quite there yet. I still think that you, you kind of saw last year. Uh, Saquon, while the holes will help him, isn't necessarily built for his vision. What you're looking for is explosiveness to return, and that doesn't return. It's not going to matter who's kind of opening holes. I don't feel like for him, I'm going to be a top-tier guy. I think it's going to depend on, can he be explosive as he was two, three years ago versus what we kind of saw last year? I, I tend to I tend to agree as well. It's going to be more about him. Again, it's kind of like McCaffrey. These guys are so good, it's more about them than the offensive line, but the offensive line certainly does help. So Kendrick, today, earlier today, Daniel Jones, they didn't pick up his contract extension. Does the, what does this pick do for a Jones who has struggled with yeah. fumbles being the biggest issue? Do you think this is going to ultimately help him perform, or do we just think Daniel Jones is a bust anyway? So I, I I would have definitely thought. See, my whole thing with the Giants not taking a tackle with their first pick, I I thought you know this whole year is dedicated really the Giants they don't need to win this year this is not a year where the Giants need to be a playoff team and they need to or be of you know even 500 this is a year where they just need Daniel Jones to look good 
they just need him to look decent. He's had stretches, or he's had, he's had moments where he's looked really good, but then he's had the moments where he just looks bad, and the fumbles are there, and the interceptions are there, and just the really dumb plays. Uh, with this, obviously now you have they by all accounts they have one offensive lineman they liked, and it was Thomas, their left tackle. So I'm assuming now with Neil, they're going to have him play right. So at least now they'll have two bookend tackles that you would assume can at least protect his two sides. It's the middle of the offensive line that still is the question mark. Uh, but I mean, this is all it's this is Daniel Jones's last year, I think, with them, especially declining his fifth year option. They're letting him know this is your year to show that you have something. Um, I don't know if they plan on if they see any receivers maybe in the later uh, in the second round or third round that they really like and that they want to build around. I know there's some people who think they might end up. The reports are they might trade Kadarius Tony, which I think just kind of maybe goes to show again how big of a disaster Gettleman was uh, with his draft picks and his selections there. Uh, they have one of the most expensive wide receiver rooms in the league, and it was one of the worst last season just in terms of overall production. Don't know how much of that's the receiver's fault as compared to just the play calling and uh, Daniel Jones, but I mean, this is all on Jones now to like get this done and to show that he has something, or else this team is going to be probably drafting in the top ten again, maybe even the top five again, and they're going to go into a draft that is much higher uh, in terms of like the QB rankings. I I 100% agree. Daniel Jones is a bust, and he'll be gone after this year. Nick, I want you to help me look into the future here. We want to win people some money. So right now. It's a it's a either or situation. Pick eleven, which is as of this moment is Washington, unless there's a trade. It's minus two fifty for an offense for them to take an offensive player plus one eighty to take defense. So I want to take the value. But do you think they go offense or defense more likely with that eleventh pick? Honestly, with the way the NFL is now, I think you have to go offense. Uh, you you've got Carson Wentz, who I don't have much faith in, but. You don't want a rookie to come in next year or the, or the following year or even this year and be an understudy and not have something to work with in the future. Uh, bringing a rookie in with nothing on the table for him to work with is not a way to set him up for success, even if he's the greatest college quarterback that ever lived. I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence, uh, who is supposed to be you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, but we really didn't get to see it last year with him, Justin Fields, or Zach Wilson because they had nothing to go with. And and anybody that knows anything about football is without a, col- a, a solid quarterback, everything else is kind of moot. Uh, you could have the greatest team in the world. If you have a trash bag for a quarterback, you're not going to win games, not in this league, the way it's built anymore. So I think that building a solid foundation for your quarterback before he gets there is probably the best route for you to go. Now, you may not be able to keep some of those playmaker types happy until that quarterback gets there. But when he gets there, he's going to have some stuff to work with. So the fact that they have McLaurin in there, that's a good thing. They should probably try to hold on to him. Although there's a lot of rumors. There there is. I think it'd be really interesting. I think that's a team that I've had pegged for a wide receiver. But I also think they could go Hamilton. So I might throw a few shekels on the value because I do think it's a shot they could go Hamilton. But Chris... What do you think the Atlanta Falcons should do here? Yeah, I think we look at the Atlanta Falcons team. If they can, this is a team that desperately needs to trade down. Uh, they need as much draft capital as many players they possibly get their hands on. I think this is a team that you, you look at the board, there's a lot of values starting to fall down. Uh, so I think if the Atlanta, they should try a trade if they can. If they cannot move out Chris, of this. Chris, I'm going to cut you off. And the first receiver, I won my bet. The first receiver is off the board, Drake London goes to the Atlanta Falcons. 
Look, Calvin Ridley suspended indefinitely. They don't know how long it's going to be. They need pretty much everything. So you get Drake London. You're going to pair him up there with Kyle Pitts. You're going to have two big targets. I do think there's a little bit of an interesting fit, and now we can kind of get some fantasy of it all. But both those guys operate more largely over the middle of the field when they're at their best. But I do think London's a very complete receiver. Chris, give me your reaction here. I love Drake London. I'm not you know, opposed to him going in the top 10. I don't love the pick for Atlanta necessarily. I think they have other holes. I think that they do need a receiver, and I think that's something that you know, they need to address at some point in this draft. But I think right there they needed to look at some different, you know, whether it was Jeff Cross or they'd look at some, you know, a game changer at the offensive line or a tackle. I mean, defensive tackle. I think they need somebody to kind of build a team around. And I'm just, you know, Drake London's a great player, but they have some other pieces they really need. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of this pick as far as our organization goes. And from a fantasy standpoint, looking at Drake London, you're looking for a dynasty right now. He was going to be somebody, depending upon his landing spot, you might take him as the number one receiver. I probably will not. It probably will be either a Jamison Williams or a Garrett Wilson because now they're looking like they're going to fall into the better locations. Because Marcus Mariota is still the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, guys, and I don't know when they're going to get their next quarterback. That's going to be the issue as well. So now his dynasty value plummets. I don't think he's going to be following the same trend of some of the rookie wide receivers that we've seen the last couple of years, like a Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. He's not going to be in that situation. But Nick, I see you laughing, so I want to hear your reaction here. I, I don't like the pick. I, I honestly, I don't love the player. I really don't. Um, looking at, I mean, there was a lot of mocks having the Jets pick up Drake London, and I thought that was a terrible pick for us because of all the players in this draft, um, he had the highest drop rate with his peers. And when I say all the players, I mean the ones in the top, top tier wide receiver uh, persons that could be drafted. He had the highest drop rate. And drop rate to me is like, okay, so your quarterback's struggling today and you're just going to add to it. And like you just said, Marcus Mariota is their quarterback. So how much is he going to help them? And now a lot of people said that those were mental drops, lack of focus. If you can't focus when there's people coming to hurt you on the field of play, when can you focus? I, I don't understand that mindset. Of, oh, yeah, he wasn't focusing. That's why I dropped the ball. That's the worst way. You know, a physical problem you can fix. A mental problem, that's a whole different world, and we just saw that in basketball where Ben Simmons had mental problems, and it caused him not to play in the playoffs. Um, uh, you know, They say he, he catches 50-50 balls great. So does Denzel Mims, and he's not doing much for the Jets either. Uh, he doesn't get much separation. He's a big man that doesn't get good separation. I guess he could beat some of the smaller corners in the league, but a lot of these corners are getting long and lanky. They're getting to be Richard Sherman types, Antonio Cromartie types, six foot one, six foot two, and they're playing on the outside. Gone are the days of Ty Law and Darrell Rivas being five foot ten playing on the outside. You're gonna get Jalen Ramsey's. You're gonna get uh, Derek Stingley's. You're gonna get Ahmad, uh, Ahmad uh, Gardner's that are six foot plus that can compete with these guys. I, I honestly am not in love with the pick. I didn't think he was the top receiver in this draft. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Now, for those of you who don't know, that is our debate button. So, Chris, you're going to get a chance to rebuttal now to what Nick just went off on. Go ahead. So, uh, just a couple of things about Drake London. Um, I, I hear about the, the catch rate and you know the contested catches. That seems to be a knock on him. Except for he he led the NF in college in contested catches. And the reason he did that was because he doesn't have very strong hands. He doesn't drop the ball all the time. This guy is very consistent. And one of the things I like about him is he can line up in the outside and then the inside. He can play the slot. He played majority the slot receiver at college. Um, a six foot five guy, you can move all around. And Dan, I'm gonna challenge you a little bit for this, just you know, fantasy wise. When you look at AJ Brown's success was, and you look at kind of the, the way they used him in kind of those slants and those easy crosses and the easy you know, kind of having him in that glorified slot role, all like a Jarvis Landry was in Miami. Um, you look at a guy I think that can be easily featured in this offense in a lot of ways because Kyle Pitts can kind of open that up, and you have a guy that can kind of run that underneath stuff in Arthur Smith's offense. But I do say, um, you know, Drake London to me is a guy that. People kind of, you know, I think get down on him because of the contested catches. They compare him to Mike Williams. I think this guy, when you look at him, to me, he screams Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup wasn't, you know, a guy that necessarily had all the great separation in college. A guy who definitely was able to kind of line up in the inside and outside. A technician at that. And I think Drake Lennon brings all those kinds of things. And you look at the quarterback play in USC. This guy made things happen with a pretty shitty quarterback situation at USC while he was there. I will challenge you with this. Uh, Mariota pretty sure lost his job to Ryan Tannehill, and that's ultimately my problem with Drake London, at least for 2022. We'll see how the quarterback situation works itself out moving forward. You know I love Drake London. I think he is the best receiver in this class and all-around guy, but when a receiver falls into a situation like this, it's hard for them to live up to the potential at least anytime soon. But I want to kick this over to Kendrick because this team's up on the board. So, Kendrick, what do you want to see Seattle do here, man? Uh, take cross. My 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 next bet. I mean, they have they have a lot of holes, but if, if they're gonna go forward with with Geno and and Drew Locke, then they need to. Their offensive line's awful. It's awful. The team's awful. You might as well go ahead and start rebuilding this offensive line. Dwayne Brown's gone. Uh, I don't believe in their ability to develop anything either. Really, it seems like players seem to kind of max out in their second year. They've never. They get these. They've had a few different rookie offensive linemen beyond the all rookie team, and then they never seem to get better. Uh, but if I was them, I'm taking Cross uh, because you know, depending on who you ask, some people believe he was probably the best pass protector among tackles in this draft. And so you know, kick him up, you know, put him on the left side, have him protect the blind side, give him that year to develop, just go through the season, try and I don't know, establish some type of culture whatever it's going to be and uh you know look into this next draft uh to uh get another quarterback hey real well, quick can I, I give some credit for being able to say drew luck and Geno smith and not throwing up a little bit in his mouth as he? <laughs> I, I just want to tell uh kendrick i'm sorry i'm not sorry that we took away way too much in that jamal adams trade you don't you don't even understand this is the most depressing summer of my life <laughs> this is so bad we got rid of russell wilson Call up uh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams was really depressed playing for the Jets. I want to know how he feels about playing with the Seahawks at this point. Yeah, he got he got one winning season, and and now we're now he's with the Jets out west. I 
I, I feel like it sh everybody should have known it was going bad when he lit that cigar in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs>
Right now, the odds pretty evenly split. Offensive player, minus 125. Defensive player, minus 105. So even though the Texans took a cornerback, right now the odds are pretty good for a defensive player. Do you take that value, or do you think they're going to go offense since they went defense first? I think they're going to go defense. Lovey Smith's their head coach now. I think they're going to go defense. Defensive head coach, defensive mind. I, I agree, and that's why it's going to be that's one of my lock live picks of this draft so far. Put your money on minus 105 for a defensive player because as this draft continues on, I believe it's going to be Kyle Hamilton if Washington doesn't take him at 11. I think it's going to kind of shape up to be that way. All right, Nick, the Jets are back on the clock. What do you want to see them do here? Um, you know, a lot of people have asked me that. The only thing caveat that I had for the Jets in this draft was, A, don't draft a tackle in the first round because you're basically giving up on your previous first round pick. And uh, B, whomever they draft, in three years he better be in the Pro Bowl. Somebody Because they've missed on so many first-round picks. It's, it's not funny anymore, but I think they go Jermaine Johnson, the second right now out of Florida State. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I they fell in love with him pretty good, but they could go wide receiver right now as well. Pick is in. Yeah, we're going to get to that in just a second. Chris, what would you, I want to know what you would want if you're the Jets right now. I think that I would uh, – I'd actually be in the defensive tackle, and I would go Davis right here. I think they need a game changer in the middle, and I think that would be something to kind of put their team around, especially that defense with Gardner and him. Um, but I think they're going to go Hamilton personally. I do think that's an interesting uh, – that would be an interesting combination to have him and Quentin Williams, kind of your run stuffer defensive tackle with your penetrating type of guy. That that would be curious uh, to me. Uh, yeah, well, I'm waiting for this pick to be announced. I don't know if you guys got it yet or not. But as we're waiting for it to officially be announced – as we get a picture of the Jets draft room, all applause is all around. Yeah, yeah, we've been great for yeah, never. Uh, <laughs> 69. <laughs> 60, 69. Nice. Nine. Uh, <laughs> Man. Chris, actually. The Jets also have pick 69. Just throwing that out there. Oh, there you go. That, that's, that's the magic number. Maybe this is your year that you're able to put it all together. Chris, they need to get Zach Wilson going. We were a big fan of him. What do you think they need to do to get Zach Wilson back on track? I think they need to kind of solidify the offensive line and you know continue to do so. Whether it's you know another tackle, I hear you with you know I love I love Mikel Beckton. I'm not a guy down on him. I'm not a big George Fant fan. I mean, you know, maybe Kedrick can kind of speak about what he did in Seattle. I think that you know, we kind of caught this lightning in a bottle last year. I don't think it's going to continue necessarily for the Jets. So I think that they definitely could upgrade offensive line. I think Zach Wilson needs some protection, especially How about receiver. Gonna do. How about wide receiver with Garrett Wilson on Ohio State? So here we go. I'll, I'll get Nick and then I'll get Chris. I think we're gonna have a similar reaction here for two different reasons, but a similar reaction. Nick, go ahead. This is your team, Garrett Wilson. He's your guy. So Garrett Wilson, I I had him pegged. If Jameson Williams doesn't get injured, he's the number one uh, wide receiver in this draft. But he does. Uh, Garrett Wilson was my number two. Um, I honestly. I don't hate the pick. I, again, I, I said I only had one caveat for this whole draft was I didn't want to tackle in the first round. Um, I didn't get that, which I'm happy for. We got a wide receiver. The be- most important thing right now for the New York Jets is to ensure that Zach Wilson is their guy. And getting playmakers on the offensive side of the ball is the most the best way to do that. The biggest problem the Jets had last season is all their wide receivers went down with injuries for the most part and missed significant amounts of time and they couldn't keep their hands on the football. A lot of drops last year from a lot of guys. 
uh, makes Zach Wilson's life more difficult. A lot of tipped balls getting intercepted on the other half. That made his life more difficult. They picked up some tight ends in free agency with CJ Uzuma and uh, and Conklin. So uh, they kind of addressed the tight end position, which we haven't gotten any type of production from except for a fourth round pick for Chris Herndon from the Vikings. That's the most production we've gotten from the tight end position in probably 15 years. Um, I, I don't hate the pick. I like the pick. He was my number two after Williams, who's who's injured. So, you know, damaged goods. I'll take I'll take Garrett Wilson all day. All right, then let, let me know where can people follow you at? What do you guys got working on over there, Scoreboard Addicts? So you can catch me, uh, The Rook, and uh, TJ at Scoreboard Addicts Podcast on Belly Up. You can catch us over at Score Addicts Pod on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We have a whole bunch of stuff like Does Gen Z Know with our intern, that guy Sal, where we ask him questions about the 90s and the 80s and find out whether Gen Z knows what the hell they are. Uh, he actually knew what a rotary phone was. That was pretty cool. Um, we're everywhere you can find a podcast. We're on Audible. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Uh, we're everywhere talking about everything from golf to football to hockey to baseball to basketball, college basketball. Uh, we'll do anything and everything. We also have wrestling trivia once a week. Uh, and we that's mostly, mostly fi- uh, focused on the Attitude Era of WWE. Um, so the Monday Night Wars type of uh, trivia, that's a lot of fun. And we have a lot of guests on that for that as well. Uh, and if any of you guys are interested in hopping in, to have that uh, little competition. We'll be more than happy to have you on. Um, but that's where you can catch us all. Scoreboard, Score Addicts Pod on Twitter. Love it. Washington has traded the pick. I am to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints have moved up. So, Kendrick, real quick, I want to get your reaction to the pick from Garrett Wilson to the Jets and then tell everybody where they can follow you. Yeah, uh, their pick of of, uh, of Garrett Wilson. It, I mean, hey, it gives him. I mean, he's probably going to be now their their deep threat. Uh, obviously, they already had Barrios. He's mainly their slot guy. They had uh, uh, Corey Davis, who, I mean, I would believe he has the measurables of being their number one receiver. But he's had he had one really good season with AJ Brown. Outside of that, I mean, you know, wait and see kind of how that works out. Elijah Moore seems like he's probably going to be a lot of their their gadget guy but he himself can also i mean make plays all over the field they can hand the ball at the backfield jet sweeps whatever the case may be so i mean i like the pick they need to make zach wilson work uh i as well would have maybe focused on helping buffer their offensive line but i get it you want to run it back with fan and beckton get beckton's way under control uh you have like at least a, two solid tackles to you know help make this thing work give it another year see how zach wilson works he did show flashes last year um, of what he could be. Um, outside of that, uh, I'm going to be monitoring Seattle's draft, and I'm going to at least you know watch it throughout the first few rounds, see kind of how it's all going, and I'll do a piece on that. Uh, you guys can follow me at Kendricks, where the I is an L on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that the rest of hey, if this first pick is uh, things to come for Seattle, this should be a great draft, and I'm actually going to look forward to this. And uh, curse the Niners, curse the Niners, and everything that they have <laughs> for this coming season. Curse you. I give you a lot of props for just being able to stay positive right now. Guys, what we're going to do is take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got more guests coming in to talk well from picks 11 through 15. But a big shout out to Kendrick and Nick. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll talk to you guys soon. The weather is changing, and there's only one way to keep your drink cool this season. 
as we get back to normal and get back to places like the beach or the park or backyard barbecues, you are going to want to be able to keep your drinks cool. Why not use the best products available for the job? All you have to do is go to our website, bellyupfantasysports.com, and hit the link for Yeti, and it'll have the greatest and latest Yeti offers for you to enjoy. They have the best coolers, the best tumblers, and everything else you could possibly need to enjoy your life this season. So hit the link in the comments below or go to bellyupsports.com and get our link access to the best deals available today from Yeti. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.